Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. This episode is brought to you by the New Stars Original Series, BMF, Sunday only on Stars and the Stars app. Next up, we have Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. His new project in which he serves as executive producer is BMF, Black Mafia Family, a TV series following the most infamous players in the Detroit drug game in the 80s. I talked to Fiddy about his connection to BMF, his love for soundtracks, and how he's changing the narrative on gangster movies. Up next, Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. This episode is brought to you by the New Stars original series, BMF, Sunday only on Stars and the Stars app. You know the rules. Download the podcast. Leave me a five-star rating. That's my favorite number. Who is your favorite guest? We've done over 50 episodes. The Renaissance Man, one of the top podcasts in entertainment. And you know why? It's because of you. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Every Thursday, I do a podcast and write a column in the New York Post. This week's theme, BMF, Black Mafia Family. The story of two brothers, Demetrius Big Meech Flannery and Terry Southwest T. Flannery, who rose from the streets of Southwest Detroit in the late 80s and produced one of the most influential crime families in United States history. I first heard of BMF hanging out in Southwest, South Southwest, Kimini Park playing ball. But before they were BMF, they were the 50 boys. They were making a name for themselves in the street. And you know what else they were doing? They started getting money. It was a decision. You want to go hang out? You want to run with the 50 boys? You want to be in the streets? Or do you want to play ball? And you know the thing I loved about them? They showed love. It was always love. Hey dog, you need to work on your right hand. Get on out of here. It was never come kick it with us and do nothing negative. Y'all know what it is. Y'all saw episode one. Y'all saw Big Meech. Y'all saw Southwest T. Y'all saw where they was going. They was going to the Detroit Southwestern City Championship game. You know where I played high school basketball at? And won three PSL championships, three city championships, two state championships, one national championship. I was at McDonald's All-American. Southwest, South Southwest, the game would stop when BMF showed up at the game. Fur coats down to the ground, fur hats, showing love though, changing the game though, getting money though. That's what I knew about BMF. And like Biggie said, either you sling crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. We all was trying to make it out. We always trying to figure out a way to take care of ourselves, take care of our families. That's the goal. You don't want to be poor. You don't want to take penitentiary chances. 
but that ends up being something you need to do in order to take care of yourself, take care of your family. And that's what they did. My next guest, he know all about that. 50 Cent, he a true renaissance man, for sure. He rose from the streets of Queens, New York to become one of the biggest rappers in the industry. He was diamond, one of the biggest actors, producers in the film industry. His new project in which he serves as EP, executive producer, is BMF, Black Mafia Family, a TV series following the most infamous players in the Detroit drug game in the 1980s. Catch BMF, Black Mafia Family, Sundays on Stars. Up next, Curtis, 50 Cent, Jackson. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. You know what it is, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. This is a special episode. My next guest, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, is a power player in music, film, and television. As a matter of fact, he excels at all three. If he can't do it, homie. It can be done. <laughs> and his new project, which he serves as executive producer, is very close to home. BMF, Black Mafia Family, a TV series following the most infamous players in the Detroit drug gang in the 80s. Catch BMF, Black Mafia Family, Sundays on Stars. He's the definition of a renaissance man, and I'm honored to have you on the show. Please welcome Fitty Curtis Jackson to the show. Oh, man. You can't have a better introduction than that. This <laughs> how we go. It, Absolutely. So, as you know, we already know so much about your career as an artist. But mm-hmm. what's fascinating to me is your journey towards becoming the Hollywood and TV film executive in the game right now that everybody's gunning to be like. Your IMD page has over 100. 100! acting credits and 29 as a producer at what point did the idea of acting and producing become something that you wanted to seriously pursue when i look at film and television because i I was so far immersed in music culture that the film television felt like there was no limitations that that i can make you know really amazing stuff and you, you forget like one of my favorites was like 300 because the technology used in the actual project made you forget you were watching a period piece. And it just mm-hmm. was just so exciting. Like I got the formula for Marvel. Like, like when you watch that, none of those projects fail because if you look at it, no matter even if they're paying $20 million for their lead actor to be in the film, the effects budget is $80 million. They, they make the thing look so good that it's hard for you to not like enjoy the experience. You know what I'm saying? So like that, I, I like that. You know, I like the, the energy that, and what we could do with technology and film and television. With and your experience in acting and producing, right, you join a, a legacy of artists who successfully made the transition from music to the film industry. The late, great Tupac, Ice Cube, Ice-T, Queen Latifah, the list goes on and on. Yeah. What are the parallels or lessons you learned in music that help you when acting or EPing a show? Well, what I learned in music, you know, like for music projects, simplicity is the key to the success of those projects. Mm. Once you condition for it, 
that what organically comes to you should be the right thing and then move off of that to the next next song. Because if this hit, the song that we just recorded, if it's a hit, guess what? We need another. Mm. You know, and that that those habits allow me to move off of what I'm creating as a producer too, because I can I can find a project and, and build a team for it. Just the right team to, to actually execute it and then go, okay, we got one. And then move straight to the next to the next project and get the next one up and going and sold out the door too. So it's it's like my habits and what I'm conditioned for from music is why I'm progressing so fast in film and television. And your crazy work ethic. You seem like you have more hours in the day than the rest of us. <laughs> like, can you just describe for those that get a chance? Like, I just saw you recently do an interview. I think you were on Kimmel. And you talked about having 22 current projects yeah. happening. Can you name them? Yeah, I can tell. Look, I, well, five of them people are aware of because they're on the Stars Network. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Power Ghost, Power Book 2, Power Book 3, Raising Cannon, Power Book 4 is uh, Force. That's the Tommy show. Mm-hmm. And then BMF is, is four. They're currently there. And by the time we get to uh, Angel's Playbook, this on stars also that, and that's about Nicole, uh, Nicole Lynn. She's like one of the, the biggest female uh, agents in sports right now. And, and um, we got um, a Centoya Brown story. Mm. And then I did a, a, a thing, a project called A Moment in Time that instead of pimp, doing your whole life story, because there's so much to put into it. You have to pick and choose at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People have had so many different things that they went through that were, uh, were, were character altering mm-hmm. situations. You know what I'm saying? Even if it, it may not have necessarily happened to you, it could have happened to someone close enough for you to empathize with them. And at that point, it was happening to you also because right. you would avoid it. Power, they didn't know who the cast was. They didn't know Amari Hardwick. They didn't know Atari Newton that well mm-hmm. when we came in. That was, uh, it wasn't until season three that they would accept the cast without me mm-hmm. into Good Morning America and the different oh, platforms. Yeah. And, and this is, for me, was the point that I felt like we, we, like I'm, we're blowing up. Like the show is blowing up because they accepted them without me. I don't have to go. We gotta look. I got paid more. I was getting 17000 per episode mm-hmm. to, to perform in in power as Kanan mm-hmm. and the executive produced the project. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the theme song for free and I did music, musical placements and act throughout the show for, for free. I have recorded 11 songs just to make sure. My initial communications with Mark Canton when I was talking about developing power mm-hmm. was I wanted to make TV that, that had uh, music in it like Superfly. I think that was the best soundtrack made, period. Classic, absolutely. Yeah, no, there, was, there was points where Ron O'Neill is staring off and the music is saying what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So it didn't require dialogue. So they just let the music play longer so you can listen to what Curtis Mayfield was saying because he knew the, the context of what, what was happening there. It was just better to hear the music say it than to have the, the actors say the dialogue. Absolutely. And when I, when I said that to him, he was like, oh, okay. And, and Mark had made... He made uh, Crush Groove. He made uh, Purple Rain, Undeterred Moon. Classics. 300, Bad Boys. He, he did all of this stuff that I was like, this is the guy to, to actually work with. And he, he went, kind of connected me with Courtney Kemp. There, there was points that when we were shopping it, because it took us two years to get power picked up. Mm-hmm. And 
we were shopping. There was a point that she was like, oh, well, look, you're 56. You can do this forever. I have to go back to work. I have kids. It's just that. Like, I'm like, yo. I told her, I said, yo, I'll, I'll be ghost. I'll play ghost. And I stopped her from leaving. Wow. I stopped her from leaving the project because I told her I'd play ghost. And when we got to the, the show picked up, with, with Chris Albrook in it, and they had a project that had that street energy in it. Mm-hmm. That Chris saw that he, he dropped that project to do power. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. new project, BMF, Black Mafia yeah. Family, premieres this Sunday, September 26th, on Stars. And I can't front, shout the stars. I did not have the app until <laughs> I started watching Power. I cannot Yo. front. I cannot front. But as a Detroit native, I grew up knowing Big Meech. And Southwest T. I went to Detroit Southwestern High School. Their sister, Nicole, was a cheerleader when I played ball. So this story is personal to me. When did you first hear about BMF and what makes you feel that their story needed to be told? Well, I heard about them before the indictment. I heard about them in 2003. When you're coming up to music and, and you, you got momentum in the biggest thing, and they're saying, yo, you know, that's, they got the things. I'm like, I don't want to go near. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near. Look, I was scared to go near. And I'm like, look, my my history, like the things that I got myself into prior to success in music, it was it would be so easy for these people to package me with them and just put me in the package and everything's fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo. So I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I just came off the first tour. I made thirty eight million dollars, shit money. Running around performing. So I'm like, you said they got the what? Okay, cool. Keep them over there. Because I don't need, nah, I don't, I don't need that kind of, you know, I was like, I, I'm just looking at it from the right way. You know, this is what you get. A lot of guys are talented at writing street oriented music, right? Mm-hmm. The ones who experience being in the street, Know to let that be music. Correct. And to kind of avoid going back into those situations all the Correct. time. You know what I'm saying? And then you got the guys that write it well, and because they're getting these new layers of things around them, mm-hmm. they go right back into the street. Correct. It drives them further into criminal activity or further into street activity because they had success. Mm-hmm. They're willing to do more than they would do when they didn't have nothing. So it's a little backwards, right? It's definitely seems like once you start getting money, you want to be tough, you want to be hard, you want to be rough, you want to get tats on your face. Yeah, you this is the stuff that, that, and I'm going, wait, those tats were supposed to be there before you got it. Correct. You're supposed to be rough, tough, and you have nothing to, to actually lose at that point. And now you, you're gaining things, you're progressing and getting tougher at the same time. It's just, everybody got a different perspective they work from. But for me, I looked at it like, nah, I don't need to, this is why we hadn't linked, linked up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then with T, because it was guys who were around. Like, you know, you got the, the Squanto artists. Their career didn't take off and shit. They mad. It was like, I was trying to introduce him to him, and he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to meet him. And then, look, you think I didn't tell T and Meeks the same thing? <laughs> they laughing because they're going, yo, nah. They went, you the fuck around at the end of the day. Because <laughs> he was like, you, once you say that it's the, they're that popular, they're making that much fucking money. Right. And... He's standing around and hanging out with them, and man, come on, yeah, we catch two birds with one stone because no question, 
You don't no, look at it. Not. They don't like the idea of you being that successful with that kind of income. Correct. Anyway, like you know, even if you're not doing it illegal, they're looking going. What you represent is something that came from the bottom that they didn't necessarily plan for that to be that bright or to blossom that way. Correct. And, yes, and, and also the way that they were changing the game. Like you couldn't get off the plane in Atlanta and jump on the freeway without seeing the BMF billboard. All right, now that was crazy. Like, look, that, look, that, that was, was crazy. They have a rule book that they send out, right? To drug dealers. It says on page three, do not put your face or, or crew name <laughs> on the billboard, right? It says be on the low when you're getting that kind of money. And then, you know, they just, they just had a different approach to things when it was hiding in plain sight. Like it was there, they knew what it was. The people who knew knew, and everything else. The people who didn't know just looked at it and saw three letters on the thing. Correct. It what was it like casting for this? It was it was interesting because look, I got Wood Harris to come out. You know, Wood is he's gonna be Avon Boxdale forever. He's no gonna be Boston Rem. He's gonna he plays so many different things so well that he has cachet to him that doesn't connect to uh he's color. I just interviewed him last week on this show. And I told him he got at least four championships. Yeah. The projects that he's been a part of. And this yeah. is one of, this is going to be his fifth ring is what fifth I told ring. him. And what's crazy is, is, is he, I, I said this to him, his brother is an extremely talented actor, Steve. And he, Steve is, but he's played a lot of police. Mm -hmm. So the difference culturally is people don't necessarily, <laughs> the audience that supports Wood and is loud about it. It's because the characters that he played were people that they actually, that they related to and they, they understood in a different way. The law enforcement, they didn't connect with that as much. But Steve is that talented, as, as talented as well. And then for you to have uh, Russell Hornsby. Mm -hmm. Russell Hornsby was, was brought in to support me on my first project with Get Rich or Die Trying. Mm -hmm. And it was like, let's get the, the best possible talent to support 50 at this point. Because they had... Interscope had just had success with Eight Mile, mm -hmm. and with that, they was like, "Okay, cool." Like Eight Mile, when you look at it, and I'll say, I'll say this openly, right? See, Emma's my boy. I love him to death. Like this, <laughs> so so there's never any confusion when I say this. But they, but you got to hear what I learned from it. And Eight Mile, they planned to launch at 3,200 theaters when it went out. It went wide. Mm -hmm. Shout out! It had huge success with that project. Mm -hmm. I had the same production team, same support, and, and because I had a, like a gun in the small of my back and I had a baby on my shoulder, I thought it was capturing me as a protector. Wow. Right? They protested because I had a gun. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is the logo for 007? <laughs> Rambo is the gun. Like, the right. movie is the gun. Like, that's a part of how he writes it. Is the right. Song. Terminator. Yeah. yeah Terminator. Like, oh, or Scarface or anything oh, yeah. else. And wait, and these things came out in the, the heyday of the drug era. Right, in the 70s and the 80s. Right, like, like they inspired us in the wrong way. Right, right. Scarface, that look, there is a specific point in Scarface. See, anyone who watches that movie will identify with the film is about developing trust issues. Because his downfall is he, he had to do it himself. Correct. He wouldn't been in the room. Counting the money when the clock is a fucking camera, because he would have let Manny go do it instead of him going to do it. <laughs> yep. He would have yep. never had to go kill a guy yep. and said no woman, no kids, and decide uh -huh. to cross people that's bigger than him. Mm -hmm. 
right? So this trust issues made that made this down, created this downfall. But if you look and you said that montage damaged so many people, it's to push it to the limit montage. Yes. With right, money right. in the bag, it's going into the bank and the changing the push it to the limit, and you see that it just went from here to, to the top, and there was no limitations in how much you can actually earn. At that point, the, the minimum wage versus what you could get out the street mm-hmm. is what brought those that things into so many households and so many people's lives in the urban communities. But my mom, her decisions kind of guided my influences because mm-hmm. she Look, at that point in the early stage, she had me at 15. Mm-hmm. You, you got, they didn't have the teenage programs they have in place now for people having kids early. Correct. You know, so at that point, you could only work when you had a blue card during summer months. Mm-hmm. So your option was to be on welfare or to hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, and she just wasn't the kind of person that would just look and wait on a check to come. You know, she did she, what she had to do to get the, to take care of me at that point. And they start the regimen of hustling. Then when I grow up, after she, she's killed while I'm eight years old. But everybody that I see, I go into my grandparents' home full time at that point, right? And my grandfather, he simplified things. He went to work, he came home, he just gave my grandmother his check. He had nine kids. I'm the new number nine being their first grandchild after my mom gets killed. Mm. So I come into the house and we didn't have, we didn't have much. We didn't have much because it had to cover nine of us. Mm. So you look, the only people I would see have things that represented financial freedom or, or nice things in life were all from my mom's life. Mm-hmm. They would say, hey, what's up, little Sabrina? They see me, they know me from my mother because she was hustling, they was hustling, they had these nice stuff. And I'm like, God damn, they got everything there. I got everything, and we, my representation of the right way is my grandfather, and we ain't got nothing. Mm. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it does it does guide people into different directions, and the, the the importance of showing in the BMF project of showing the origin story, going back to Detroit first, mm-hmm. because we could have made this BMF Atlanta blowing money facts for six seasons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not went back to, to explain anything, but what differentiates this show from the other family dramas that I've done was the Christianity mm. that lived within the dad and the mom and dealing mm. with the actual choices the children are making. Mm. And looking, the older That's brother, heavy. right, when the younger brother is following his older brother and you're going, he's been following him since he walked faster because that boy was walking in front of him. Mm-hmm. He saw someone his size walking, so he didn't know that he would mm-hmm. shouldn't be walking yet and got up earlier than he mm-hmm. was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Got out of the walker and started running around faster because he had siblings. Mm-hmm. This happens in everybody's household right now, like this happens. Yes, so when he wants to, to go with him, and it turns into Meech and T going off into a lifestyle that, you know, at, at 15, we're not even responsible for your actions at that point. You're still a minor, technically. Still a kid. Are responsible for it. like and and that them struggling with 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 that you going in that direction knowing that lifestyle would result in you being dead or in jail. And see, those years is when I started high school, and before they were BMF, they were the Fifty Boys. Boys, yeah. And so I know all about that origin story and what they were into and how they were moving. But you mentioned something earlier when you talked about Omari and Joseph Sakura. Uh-huh. They weren't household names before power. 
Right. Who are going to be some of the breakout stars from the BMF series? I think um, Meech, Little Meech is definitely going to break out. Like, look, yeah, he, you. He's, look, for me, it's, it's so exciting to watch him, like to just see what he's doing now because he's he's taking it so, he's so serious because not just the opportunity being put in front of him, but the way he look, looks at me from watching the culture, just being around it. When I was like, no, I'm telling you, you do this. This is all you need to be thinking about right now. And he's going, like now, you look on my Instagram, he's under the thing saying, everything you told me was true. You never told me something that was not right. And he looked and he goes, because he'll say, my dad created a lifestyle. 50 created a TV show and a monster. He's talking about him, who he's going to become because his work, look, he's been working on things that uh, at a pace that they're not going to be accustomed to what happens when you didn't even know that this could be your career, a way that you go. He goes, as soon as we wrap BMF, he shot a four-year. Mm. After he did a four-year, he did a, a, another independent film, and then we're getting ready to go back to into BMF again. So Mm. He, he had to start the press and publicity for this, so he didn't he could take the next job again. But he's going to be somebody you watch and work. What about with any 50 Cent project, there's going to be a soundtrack. Will you yeah. have any songs on the BML soundtrack? And who else is going to be featured on it? The theme song, look, when I had to approach the theme song for BML, I was looking at it like, yo, um, we, we it has to feel like big, it gotta be big, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, it's, it's so many people wanted to participate in the musical part of part of it. Like I got 42 Doug sent me a gazillion records. Um, right. All of these guys was sending me two chains, sending me stuff. And I'm like, yo, cause I'm building the actual soundtrack to it at the same time. So I'm looking going, I got on the soundtrack side, Chris Brown sent me the, the record for it. Uh, Say less, um, uh, Usher, mm. the artist, her. Um, we got some heat. Like, really, when they look at this record, when when the theme song is me, it comes out uh, Sunday evening after the premiere of the television show. When we we do the premiere here in Atlanta, the the the, the what's the name of release, and the, the word video will be present on YouTube. But it'll be in, in iTunes and everywhere else. It's it's money, it's me, money bag yo, and Snoop Dogg on the actual record. So Bars. yeah, they'll get a chance to really, really rock with this one. And I want to thank you because for so very long, the soundtrack in the movie when people were doing projects didn't align. Yeah. Now, it's you important. took it back old school and you make sure that they are they align. They have to, it has to fit. Like when I did the, the way the sound, even when you hear the, the actual song, the official theme song from what you see on television, money, I I, I was first, I, I wrote the, the my part first and then I got them involved on the song. So I you, you hear my portion of the, the, the song on the, as a television show plays. But when Money Bag Yo, like when we sent it, he rapped behind me, but he sounded better in front of me. So when we're making a record, so we hear the song, the actual song is playing on the radio, you hear Money Bag Yogo first. And it's because his style, the, the southern style that he's used to doing, it, it, it kind of got choppy on that on that production. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, drop the drums out. 
so I can hear him. Mm-hmm. It, it was more important that you hear what he said because of the bars that he put in it. And I'm like, so he goes first where the drums are not all the way in so you can hear him lead into the actual record the right way. And then when Snoop came on, he just topped it off, big cherry on top of the cake. Like, mm. We didn't need nothing else for that one. Mm. And then it could have got longer. We could have cut everybody down and just put, put more artists on because everybody wanted to participate. So before I let you get out of here, and again, for those that don't know, I don't know where you've been, the takeover continues this Sunday on Stars, the 50 Cent Network. Literally is what I'm gonna start calling. Gone. <laughs> Gone in 60 seconds is brought to you by the new stars original series BMF Sundays only on stars and the stars app. I got a couple of rapid fire questions for you, my brother. Okay. What fashion relic? From the 80s needs to make a comeback. I think the eight ball jackets should come, mm. right? Yeah, you see no leather, leather eight ball jackets, or back when the leather designer jackets didn't necessarily have to come from a whole designer label or company. That'll be fly. Name a rapper. You mentioned a couple during this interview, and Joey Badass comes to mind. Name mm. a rapper who doesn't act uh, that you think should. The baby. The baby is probably one because he does it in his his video presentations. The, the last thing he put out is my favorite song from him, the uh, Lonely Record, because mm-hmm. he plays the Joker in it. Mm-hmm. And he look, he smiles like this, and you see him this big little <laughs> smile on his face. But the lyrics are saying, "I'll you up." Correct. Like, and then I'm looking, going, "Yo, like it's, it's almost like look, it's almost like saying like look, Ice Cube. Ice Cube had this look." Every time he took a picture, he was like this. Mm-hmm. And he was extremely successful the whole time. So I'm like, he got to be happy. It's working. <laughs> but he's upset. When he came time to take the picture, he gave him the ice cube picture. Right? Now, look, when the baby's sitting there and it's like this, I'm going, is he? The Joker. You're going to have to give more examples of you being the real deal when you just smile like that. Mm-hmm. When you, I learned that when you smile, you can actually say anything to somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was, look, if you go, yo, man, if you don't get the f- out of here. <laughs> like, they, he's one of the guys that and I, I started talking to him because I, I, I don't want to see him get in his own way. Correct. You know, he's Correct. one of the ones that, that can, um, can make shit out like that. Up because he he does have that that real energy in him. Like it, mm-hmm. so you gotta be, he gotta be concerned about himself getting himself in the. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely, well said. A couple before I let you get out of here. Would you ever start a romantic comedy, and who would you want to do a love scene with? A romantic a romantic comedy. Damn, you know what probably would be be fun to to have to work with Nikki. Mm. Nicki Minaj would be fun to, to be in a romantic comedy. That would she, be dope. Yeah, because she's she's got a uh being from South, I kind of understand her a little bit more than mm-hmm. the other people. Like when she mm-hmm. does shit, I'm looking, she's tougher and being like this, like when she's being an asshole it's because she's telling you you're not gonna take advantage. Mm-hmm. The environment is making her like it made her a little more like what? Like she's going, don't play with me before you play with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because of how the temperament of the environment and how people are, where, where mm-hmm. we come from. 
And I, I get it because I know where it, it's coming from, but I know they're looking like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> this is already already got a guard up. And then there's different different things like like now when when she goes to I, I feel like she's being attacked in a different way publicly. And, and it's it's just because your choices, I mean, like who you decide to, to be with, come on. Well said. Well yeah. said. And lastly, but certainly not least, and again, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you are a mogul and you're very busy. You've done music, still doing great music. You've done films, still doing great films. You're a fashion aficionado as well. Name the next industry you plan to take over. No, no, I'm, I'm just more focused on the television because there's so much to do. Like, look, since Power, the success of Power, you see Empire, you see Snowfall, you see people that look like me and you and Lee Rose, mm -hmm. right? And diversity, it's important that we push the envelope and tell stories that are culturally different from what we've seen in the very beginning because all of these things were just, and I hate to say because I'm not racist in any way, but it's all white Americans. Correct. It's been consistent. It's been that. So now the networks are identifying with you having a hit and being able to do numbers because they look and say, Look, when I kept saying, every time I promoted power, I said, number one for African-Americans is Latina. Mm -hmm. This is factual. Like, the show's been that. There's points that it, it hasn't even been acknowledged by the Emmy. So all I care about is the NAACP. Mm -hmm. And I, I just would like for the NAACP awards to come on at the same time the Emmys is coming on. So I can have everybody at the NAACP mm -hmm. awards mm -hmm. there in support of it and just shrink that shit. I would just shrink mm -hmm. the Emmys. Mm. It just wouldn't even it wouldn't even mean anything if, if it's on at the same time and the acknowledgement is on a different network. Well, it's the same way in sports, though, right? Mm. It's like we're talented enough to entertain, but not in a position to own. And it's right. the same thing with the Emmys. How do you have an Emmy Awards with no black people winning anything? <laughs> that just happened. Yeah, just just the last. Oh, you know, you know, RuPaul, they give RuPaul his. Oh. They make it a business to give RuPaul his. Now, RuPaul got 11, and is the most decorated person. RuPaul, technically, RuPaul is the, the most talented Black American person. Mm, 11 Emmys. 11 Emmys. So if, if you don't see agenda and who's being recognized, let me shut up before I get in trouble. I got your back, my brother. <laughs> I appreciate the love. Thank you for taking the time. I'm excited about the premiere. I'm excited about all of your projects. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Thanks a lot, my brother. Yes, indeed. All right. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank 50 Cent for joining us. I'd also like to thank Stars. Don't forget to watch the new Stars original series, BMF. Sunday's only on Stars in the Stars app. One of the things that 50 and I talk about that really struck me is how much street hustling is so misunderstood by mainstream media. You think we want to be in the street? You think we want to be on the block? You think we like being poor? What don't they understand? Is that people hit the streets and get to hustling when they're trying to survive, when they've exhausted every option. 
Broken schools, not enough jobs, low pay, underdeveloped neighborhoods. 50 mentioned seeing his grandfather work hard, way over 40 hours a week. I lived that life. My entire family, the exact same thing. I'm from the Motor City, working at the plant 30 years, 40 years, just like 50, to provide for him in honest way. And after all of that, his family was still barely making ends meet, just like mine. It's easy to see how people can look at the Flannery brothers with all their flashy cars and jewelry and aspire to be that. But even Big Meech and Southwest T knew it wouldn't last forever. Shout out to Keith Sweat. And if you think about it, we all hustle in some way. Every ambitious person who wants to excel in life takes risks and makes sacrifices to have a better life. I do it every day. We learn the hard lessons from our forefathers and mothers and aim to improve upon the design. That's why I'm cheering so hard for my nephew, Lil Meech. Unlike his dad, he didn't have to live the street life. He went to private school. He was headed to study business at UNLV. He was going to be a running rebel. And 50 asked him to play a younger version of his father in BMF. He was playing 50 music. He was hustling, doing what he could try to do in order to feed himself and feed his family. Now he's an actor, making his own way in life. I'm so excited to watch the new BMF series this Sunday and every Sunday on Stars. Make sure you check it out and get a glimpse, a real glimpse of Detroit history. What up, though? I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.